0: We would be honored if you would join us.
1: But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Oh, teeny. It's a trap! I got a bad feeling about this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time once again
0: for Sneak and Hoopla's cyberspace hoopla! Now, please welcome to the stage, WDW w- w- Radio, your
1: information station. Hello everybody and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 273 for the week of May 6th, 2012. Star Wars Weekends returns to Disney's Hollywood Studios and Walt Disney World beginning May 18th and will once again be a destination event for Disney and Star Wars fans alike. Whether you're 7 or 70, there's something for everyone from celebrities, shows, parades, characters, merchandise, and yes, even Star Wars-themed food. And this week, we're going to share our top tips to get the most out of Star Wars Weekends and give you practical advice on how to do, see, experience, and enjoy all that Star Wars Weekends has to offer. And as long as we're talking about Star Wars, in a special bonus segment, I'm going to share an interview with someone that I've waited more than 30 years to meet, Darth Vader. I had a chance to sit down with David Prowse, the man behind the mask in the original Star Wars trilogy, to talk about his role share stories about working on the films and Star Wars Weekends at Walt Disney World. I'll then have the answer and winner for last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week and pose a new one for your chance to win a very special Disney Star Wars Prize Package. I'll then have a couple of quick announcements, including information about the next WDW Radio Meet of the Month during Star Wars Weekends, and then I'll play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, And enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Just a quick reminder that tickets are now on sale for our first annual WDW Radio e-ticket event coming this September. They are very limited in number and going very fast, And if you're wondering what the WDW Radio e-ticket event is, it's our kickoff to an annual event that's going to happen every year around Walt Disney World's anniversary on or around October 1st. This year, it's going to be a single event. And think of it as an evening at the American Adventurers Club. It's going to be Friday, September 28th from 7 to 10 p.m. at the American Adventure Rotunda in Epcot. And like the Adventurers Club in Pleasure Island, It's going to be an evening that's going to kick off with a very special dinner inside the Rotunda just for our group. We've rented out the entire pavilion. And then we're going to be joined by a very special cast of unique characters as the Preservation of the Secret Society of Historical American Adventurers or the Pasha Club kicks off their club meeting and also elects their new club president. The show is going to go on all around us and with us. And the Rotunda is going to be transformed into a very sort of special venue just for us. We're going to meet lots of different characters, including the great, great, really great granddaughter of the revolution and the sitting president of the club. The club's resident inventor and experimenter, a Wild West sharpshooter, Rotunda Maid, and many more characters that let's just say embody the spirit of America. There's going to be a stage and a show, but lots of mixing and mingling, not just us with each other, but with the club members as well. We're then going to be part of the club meeting, be part of their debate for their presidential election, and let's just say that there's a lot more details and surprises that I can't share, and probably more that I don't even know about myself. Like I said, if you liked, missed, or never even saw the Adventurers Club in Pleasure Island, this is something like that, but has never, ever been done before. Tickets just went on sale this past week. They are, like I said, very limited number, going very quickly. You can visit the our event page over at www.radio.com slash eticket2012 or just visit the website at wdwradio.com and click on the events tab. Big thanks also to Mouse Fan Travel for sponsoring the event, making this event possible. Really, really excited for what's to come. Know that this event is going to be something really special, and again if you had attended our Adventurers Club event back in 2008 where we rented out the club the night before it closed, it's going to be like this, and I think even a little bit better. Again, visit the event page for our first annual WDW Radio e-ticket event an evening at the American Adventurers Club. Hope to see you there. Stay for the hoopla.
2: Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope.
0: What is that? I don't know, but it sounds familiar. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Star Wars Weekends at Disney's Hollywood Studios. There, what about them? I can't figure them out. What's there to figure out? Their chain of command that's easy. The men carry the luggage, the females navigate, and the children tell the adults what to do. Yes, the tiny ones do seem to be the dominant ones. Strange species.
1: Since Walt Disney World opened in October 1971, it has always been known as the vacation kingdom of the world, because from the very beginning, it's always been about more than simply attractions, shows, dining, and resort activities. There's always been something more going on here. And for decades, and especially even more so in recent years, Walt Disney World has become a destination. A destination for various events that take place throughout the year. So beyond what you find inside the theme parks, there are additional reasons to come, whether it's Flower and Garden Festival, the Food and Wine, Marathon Weekend, and a variety of other different events that have come, and some have gone, ESPN the Weekend and Super Soap weekends over the past number of years. But one that has consistently grown and evolved and gotten bigger, and I think better as time has gotten on is Star Wars Weekends, and for those of us who are Disney enthusiasts and Star Wars geeks, it is a wonderful marriage and true sort of nerdvana that takes place over four weekends over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And in the past, we've recapped the events, we've previewed the events uh, on the show, on both audio segments and interviews and, and whatnot, and this year, as Star Wars Weekend approaches, beginning May 18th and lasting until June 10th this year, I wanted to sort of share what's new, what's coming, what's different, and more so, practically speaking, our top tips for getting the most out of Star Wars Weekends. And joining me once again is somebody else who is a great friend, a Disney enthusiast. The Force is very, very strong with him. He's also the founder of Googlein, WDW, and PrettyGoodMovieRide.com. He is, of course, Jedi Master Glenn Whalen. Hey, folks, it's great to see you. And it's, listen, we've been talking about Star Wars Weekends uh, for as as soon as the announcements came out about who the uh, celebrity is going to be and, and some of the activities we're going to be, because we are Again, like I said, we are Star Wars fans. We, you know, today you came to my house and you brought over the Clone Wars on DVD. <laughs> and this, for us, is one of the things, look, look at us, we are not athletes, so Marathon Weekend <laughs>
3: is, is not a, <laughs> to, Contrary to what people think, we are not athletes.
1: <laughs> right, looking at us, we clearly enjoy dining in Walt Disney World, and look, Star Wars weekends is one of our favorite things. And this is the thing that we make sure we come to every year and normally every weekend
3: every weekend yeah there's something new to see every weekend so it's something that hits that uh that eight-year-old boy that saw that first star wars in uh, 1977
1: so and look as you may be able to hear in the background we're actually sitting outside of star tours we rode star tours this morning we're watching jedi training academy going on behind us and we've really enjoyed experiencing Star Wars Weekends on a lot of different levels, as the Star Wars fan, from a Disney perspective, a combination of both, and we've watched how the event has really evolved over the past couple of years, and one of the things we're gonna talk about today is how it's changed to meet a changing demographic, because not everybody grew up with the original trilogy. The kids who are sitting around us are growing up with the second trilogy and more so the Clone Wars.
3: Yeah, many of the uh, youngsters today probably are, were actually not even born when the Phantom Menace returned to the screen. So a lot of them are uh, Star Tours, or, I mean, uh, Clone Wars is then their introduction to Star Wars.
1: And the great thing about Star Wars weekends, again consistently, is that there is something for every level of fan, whether you are a casual fan or you want to come up as, listen not all of us own ewok costumes but if you want to come dressed as your favorite jedi you can do that because it's all about everything from celebrities to autographs to characters and merchandise there's special events obviously the Star Tours attraction and listen like whenever you come to walt disney world it's about planning in advance you need to sort of plan in advance because it will help you get the most out, because there is a lot going on besides everything else happening at Hollywood Studios.
3: Right, it's always good to have surprises. You don't need to be, you don't want to avoid surprising yourself for things, but there are plenty of things you can do that'll make your whole experience a lot better as you prepare for the event.
1: Yeah, and I'll also actually link in the show notes to some other shows that we've done and some interviews and some videos we've done Uh, Obviously, this year's one of this year's celebrities hosts is once again Ashley Eckstein. She's the voice of Ahsoka Tano this year. We have an interview that we did with her a a couple of years ago, but really the weekends revolve around a consistent lineup of events and activities and special events, but they each differ because each has a a different group of celebrities that are there, and so let's sort of take it week by week because every weekend has not only celebrity actors, but this year especially, celebrity voice actors from, like we said, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, because for a lot of these kids, that's their introduction into the franchise.
3: And that would actually be my first big tip for anybody preparing to come to Star Wars Weekends, is if you're not familiar with The Clone Wars, you might want to go on YouTube or, or rent a couple or go look on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel or and, and take in a couple episodes, because many of the people that are now the celebrities of Star Wars, are you would know them only from your connection with the Clone Wars, and you'll appreciate their input and output more a lot more when you meet them.
1: And, and it gives you a better frame of reference because right. some of these characters you may not have heard. So, weekend one again, it's May 18th through the 20th. Ray Park, we certainly know him as Darth Maul from uh, Episode One, Phantom Menace. And then as you start moving down the list, it becomes a, a lesser known person. Maybe uh, Jerome Blake, he's Rune Hako, and Mas Meta. From, also from Phantom Menace. And then D. Bradley Baker, he's the voice of the clone Captain Rex and clone Commando Cody from Star Wars The Clone Wars.
3: Yeah, actually he uh, ends up being the voice of most of the clones since they all have the same voice. And uh, D. Bradley Baker's uh, a phenomenal voice actor. And he does, uh, he does a lot of, of... He does a whole thing where he does thousands of voices, so it's wor- well worth seeing.
1: And last year, that was one of the, the really fun surprises right. for us was going to see one of the special events that takes place over at the premier theater uh, by the back lot um, located not far from where Star Tours is and there was a, a performance that talked about not only voice acting in the Clone Wars but he put on a, literally a one-man show to really sort of close out that show.
3: Right, he did about five minutes where he, he must have done 300 different impressions of different voices that he does, and many of these Clone Wars voice actors provide more than just the one voice, so you'll find out from that many of them do speak five or s- they'll be a, uh, a a guard, or they'll be a, a trooper, or they'll be an alien, and they or a bird, you know, they're doing all these different voices, and you get to know that, uh, you'll get to know that pretty intimately at Star Wars Weekends.
1: And so the second weekend, May 25th to 22nd, Ray Park is back, and if you are a, a a martial arts fan or an episode 1 fan you've got to come and see him we've seen him some where he instructed kids in using a lightsaber and those kids don't realize how fortunate they were to see it and the other uh, celebrities that weekend are Andy Seacomb, he was the voice of Watto from episode 1 and Tom Kane who's the voice of Yoda again in all the Star Wars Clone Wars series moving down to weekend 3 again from episode 1 Jake Lloyd who's Anakin Skywalker Silas Carson is Newt Gunray and Ki mundi um, Ki Ademundi is a, is a Jedi. And then there's a Star Wars, Clone Wars voice talent to be named later. Uh, we're trading the first round Jeff voice for a, a, a voice to be named later. And the interesting thing is the final weekend, weekend four, June 9th to 10th, is sort of a bonus Boba Fett. It's the bounty hunter weekend, really, because here, and I'm going to totally ruin her name, Mishaan Buria, it's Ara Singh from episode one, Jeremy Bullock, from Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back, Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. He was Boba Fett. And then we have young Boba Fett, Daniel Logan from Attack of the Clones, and Nika Futterman, who is the voice of Asajj Ventress from The Clone Wars. And and we talked about this on a newscast a couple of weeks ago when they announced the celebrity lineup. The interesting thing about this is, A, the only person from the original trilogy left is Jeremy Bullock. He was the man behind the mask without really speaking very much, who is Boba Fett in Empire and Jedi, and there's not, there's no one else from. So we started as, as Star Wars Weekend has gone on for the past however many years, yeah. more than a decade. We've gotten farther and farther away from that original trilogy and the the, the characters and the actors who have been here.
3: Yes, and, and once again, that's be prepared that Star Wars is is become something. Uh, it's it's iconic, but even when you look at the merchandise, much of the merchandise is now leaning more towards the Clone Wars and things that that are current. The current Star Wars is still on television, and that's the Clone Wars.
1: Well, you can even see so, for example, you talk about the merchandise and the logos, and the, the poster this year is actually um, it's Donald Duck as Darth Maul, and that is sort of the focus. It's no longer, it's not Darth Vader anymore, it's Darth Maul.
3: Darth Maul, and, and it's gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's beautiful. I love it.
1: Yeah, and it's actually created by Tyler Dumas and Casey Jones from the Disney Design Group. Casey was just on a couple of weeks ago, did a video with him about, about the Orange Bird. Again, And these guys are clearly Star Wars fans first, so uh, the, the merchandise is great and really kind of resonates with us. But you're going to find that image and that theme throughout all the merchandise on mugs and towels and picture frames and uh, certainly t-shirts. There's pins, there's limited edition pins, there's annual pass holder pins. uh, And there's also a lot, well let's talk about that, because there's a lot of new merchandise, and merchandise really for a lot of people, is sort of, it's their focus. Because I think, and this is one of the other tips too, is people come here for a lot of different reasons. Some it's for celebrity autographs, and we'll give you some tips about how and where, and the best way to get those. And for other people, it's about the merchandise. And this year, they have a massive new shopping location created just from Star Wars uh, Weekends called Darth's Mall. And there's a lot of new merchandise this year as well, too. So in addition to the things you expect to see, like the the yearly T-shirts and pins, they have, the Disney Parks blog has released some photos of things like an oversized bag that contains a side pocket that you can hold a poster or an umbrella, maybe a lightsaber, you can create your own lightsaber, a beach towel that looks like the legs of a Jedi Knight, Uh, new iPhone 4 cases, that are limited to a, an edition of 1999 There's a Darth Vader's chest t-shirt with, deta- with a detachable cape, so if you can't <laughs> really go out and fully get dressed up, you can at least get the t-shirt and cape. Uh, there's a Chewbacca bandolier, neck lanyard, a piece of the Death Star pin, like those pieces nice. of, of Disney history pins, six new Disney Star Wars Vinylmation characters, uh, phrase buttons, uh, a Star Wars, Star Tours name tag and Aurebesh, that's sort of the language of the Star Wars galaxy new action figures, lots of T-shirts and more. And Glenn, this is the thing that's really jazzing me up, and I think I have to do this for research purposes only, because when you watched the original trilogy, which for us is, is the only trilogy, we all imagine not ourselves being frozen in carbonite, but possibly freezing someone else in carbonite. But now you can. If you want to be frozen in carbonite, you can, because during Star Wars weekend, you have a chance to have Disney carbon freeze you. And so for $99.95, you can get your 3D image scanned and captured as one of the Star Wars characters, Han Solo, inside Stowns Dangerous. And then the, they'll take about three or four weeks. They'll send you a Carbonite copy. Like, Again, you need to make reservations in advance for this. You call 407-WDW-TECH. Uh, you can make reservations starting immediately, started May 4th, to have yourself put in Carbonite. But the cool thing about the merchandise is it runs the gamut. Yeah. So whether well, your entry point is just a couple of dollars with a pin or you want to do something like high-end right. sign-and-framed art, they could do that as well, too.
3: Well, if you're looking for the high-end stuff, you must get here early in the morning, and you must get into that place right away because the lines will be long for the almost the entire day. Now, if you're just a casual person and you just want to go in and take a look around, wait until later in the day to go in there because that all those basic things we're going to be there all the time anyway so no need to wait in that two-hour line to get in if you're just gonna casually observe or if you're not looking for those limited edition uh... pins etc
1: and if there is special merchandise that you want to get another tip would be if you are local or if you're in the area and you have a choice you should try and come in the first or second weekend because some of that merchandise will definitely sell out
3: and uh... if you want to spend an extra one hundred thousand dollars Boba Fett will push your carbonite thing on a hoverboard to your house.
1: And well, you know, there's other tips that I want to share too about merchandise. And I think you made a great point about when you go shopping is important too. So if you want to maybe go first thing in the morning, do you want to go maybe during the parade when a lot of people are starting to to watch the parade, the lines will be uh, less busy at that point? Maybe after or during some of the other presentations that are going on. Uh, The other thing too, is a tip about shopping for merchandise is you need to allocate your time. Yeah. So if there's something that you wanna see at three o'clock, don't necessarily go in at 2.30 because it could take you an hour to not only browse through the merchandise, but actually go through the checkout process and, and see what they have there as well.
3: Yes, the uh, the parades and, and everything are, are great and you might want to, the motorcade is something very special if you haven't been we'll see the, uh, the stormtroopers marching down the street. That's such a great thing to see. You probably do want to see that, so you may not want to go shopping during that time. Who knows? Just make sure that you do consider all these things when you make your choices.
1: Yeah, keeping track of time is another really important hint because you need to really take a look first thing in the morning and take a look at closely the events and the times when you're going to eat, when you're going to go shop because it could some things are very close to one another, they could overlap and if there's something you really want to see, you don't want to potentially miss it because you're stuck Waiting online for Star Tours, which you could ride any time. Yes, and
3: you know if, you, if the like the the shows that you definitely want to check out. If you want to check out the uh, Ray Park Day at the Mall show, that only happens like once a day. So you got to make sure that you are available during that time and know that a lot of people are going to go to that. So keep in mind, you should be there 45 minutes an hour before it starts, just to make sure that you are able to get in.
1: And with that too, prioritize because right. you never know. What you may get delayed from seeing. So listen, some of the shows fill up. People line up very, very early for, and so you may potentially get shut out of right. it. You know, the premier theater is a has a finite space, so it there are times that, especially uh, on weekends when it's Ray Park and things like that, right. those events will fill up. So prioritize what you want to do. Prioritize what you what you feel that you must do, yes. and get there early. You know, definitely line up early. Allocate enough time for that kind of stuff. And, and to that point, speak of, of time. A lot of people ask, when should I get here? When do I get here for Star Wars weekends? Can I just sort of roll in at 9 o'clock and get, expect to see everything? And I think, Glenn, that depends on what you want to do. So right. if character autographs are important to you, the time that you arrive is going to be different than if you just want to go yeah. see the shows and sort of browse that way.
3: But you must say, before the park even opens, you definitely want to be under the turnstiles at least half an hour before they open when the stormtroopers take over the studios. It's something you just have to see. It's it's one of the most brilliant things that Disney does.
1: And it's not it's not on a times guide. So you don't right. it's not something that you would necessarily plan for. It's one of those unexpected things while you're waiting to get through. So I think my tip is that if you're just coming into the parks to enjoy Star Wars weekends or if you're not coming in for Star Wars weekends, try and get there maybe an hour early, okay. 45 minutes early. Give yourself enough time especially because you should see that entire Stormtrooper show that takes place above and all around you. Now, that being said...
3: Yeah, and you don't need to... You won't be bored if you get in there an hour early. People are going to be coming up in costumes, and a lot of people watching. And you can also use that time in plan to discuss with your family or friends what you should do first. Uh, if you haven't been on Star Tours yet, Star Tours is wonderful now, but if you go on Sunday during Star Wars weekends, you're going to wait two hours in line. If you go on Monday when it's not Star Wars
1: weekends, you're going to have a 20-minute line. And you made a great point about what you do even before you get in because the fun really kind of starts there right you're you're planning you should start planning your day how you're gonna sort of attack Star Wars weekends and take a look at the map because the map does change you'll see that the park is divided into sort of the (laughs) the west side is Star Wars side and the east side is very much not about Star Wars at all so if you're not a Star Wars fan we'll, we'll, we'll share some tips for you enjoying the park that way as well but a lot of the fun not all the characters appear in the guidebooks and what I mean by that is those of us who are Star Wars fans who are huge enthusiasts a lot of people come here dressed up in different costumes for different days or different weekends
3: yes you never know who you're gonna run into you really (laughs) never know who you're going to run into uh, and especially when you start to see, and when you get to that transition point, when it when it goes from the Star Wars world into the Disney world, that's when you start to see many of the Disney characters dressed in their Star Wars uniforms, because it is that transition point between those two worlds. Very cool.
1: Yeah, you've uh, you've come in costume many times in the past. <laughs> the Slave Leia bikini was a little awkward for a lot of us. Yeah, but that wasn't
3: <laughs> a costume. That was just what I wore that day.
1: <laughs> but it's a lot of fun, and that and look, and to that point too. If you, maybe you're a Star Wars fan and you dig it, and your partner, your spouse, your kids, your mom, whoever is not, you, this is a great weekend to come here solo. You yeah. and I talked about yeah. this in the past. When I came from New Jersey, when you were we first moved down, and we came here a lot solo, right. this is a great place and a time to meet and make new friends, and if you want to travel solo, you certainly will be in the company of very much like-minded people.
3: Lots of people like to travel solo for Star Wars weekends.
1: Uh, oh man! <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. But. Into the garbage chute, fly boy. Aren't <laughs> you a little short? To be, I'm, a, I'm a little short to be a stormtrooper. But going back to what time should you get here? Again, that is going to change. If you are here for celebrity autographs, and a lot of people are, Glenn, you know, we come for the atmosphere. We come for the shows. We come. We are not here for the autographs. To a certain degree, we're here for merchandise, but we're not such enthusiasts that we have to get the limited edition coin, the limited edition watch. So that's sort of secondary to us. For a lot of people, celebrity autographs is the reason why they come. And if you are going to, the first tip I'm going to give you is some people get here very, very early. Mm -hmm. I'm talking so the first Star Wars weekends, people will be lining up the night before, Yes. but normally yeah, you may want to get here two, three hours because they use a fast pass system in order to give you tickets to get your autographs.
3: I think autographs and those specialty merchandise items, if that is why you're here, you probably can't approach your arrival too casually. You, have to, you do have to plan and decide what you're going to be able to accomplish because there's something you're not going to be able to accomplish. So if it's going to be, if it's going to be autographs... You're going to decide who you're going to get the autograph from, and and pass on possibly getting the other two.
1: Yeah, because when you get here, and look, if you get here two hours early, I promise you will not be alone. There will be right. people who will be here, probably shining their lightsabers, <laughs> <laughs> who are getting ready, and you will need to choose at yes. that point what Who's Fast Pass line—that's a right, right, director, wrong movie. Okay. <laughs> what Fast Pass it's line so you want to get into? Um, And if you are here with a couple of other people, you can have somebody else get into the Ray Park line while you're in the Jake Lloyd line, whatever it might be, Um, because they use this FastPass system. There's a guaranteed FastPass, and then once those are all done, there's a standby FastPass line. So the the best tip I would give you is A, get here early, decide who you want to see, and make sure you go and get your FastPass, or otherwise you will not be able to get an autograph from the celebrity you're waiting for.
3: Right, And also be prepared to, I mean familiarize with this, uh, many of us are already familiar with how the layout of the park but if you're not, take a look at the layout of the park so you know that where the autographs are, where the signings happen uh, in conjunction, where the theater is in the back, of where the uh, premiere theater is in the back, where Star Tours, where everything is located going to help your, your keeping everything together.
1: Yeah and so know that if you want to get autographs it is not something you can sort of casually do throughout the day, that is something you need to have as part of your plan you're going to have to sort of work your dining reservations and when are going to see the other shows around that. Uh, and to that point, I think another tip is uh, make sure you see and try and take in as many of the activities as you can because beyond the autographs and the celebrities, that are just sort of wandering around. I'm sorry, the characters that are wandering around. I don't just mean the, the guests, but you're going to find probably 40-plus Star Wars slash Disney characters roaming this side of the park. And again, mm-hmm. it's divided into sort of the, the light side, the Jedi side, and, and the dark side. So you'll find Anakin Skywalker and Captain Typho and Darth Maul, Darth Sidious, Darth Vader, my friends, the Ewoks. But and you'll find crossover characters like Jedi, Mi- uh, Jedi Mickey, Mini Leia, R2 MK, who is sort of a, a, a Walt Disney World, R2 unit droid, of course, tons of stormtroopers right. all the time. And while some of them have specific locations and times, you may be hanging out by star, star Tours and never know who may come out.
3: Yes. Yeah, the, the ones some of them have their own little setting. So when you take a photograph, you have a photograph, and you're on Naboo with, with with one of the characters, or you are in uh, shackles with Boba Fett or Jango Fett. Other times they're just rolling around, and you have uh, they just walk right up to you, and you're out in the out in the open.
1: And all the events, for the most part, change year to year. So one year there was that. Uh, lightsaber class with Darth Maul. Right. Last year, there was uh, it was really heavily focused on the voices. Right. Where we heard from Ashley Eckstein, we heard from some of these other uh, celebrities, and again, Dee Bradley Baker did uh, a great show. Um, there's also, of course, the Legends of the Force, the Star Wars celebrity motorcade that goes down Ho- Hollywood Boulevard, led by some of these celebrities along with the hosts again, and Ashley Eckstein. And it's a great motorcade. And here's another tip too: is that uh, you know sometimes they allow especially kids who are dressed up to be a part of that it's sort of a very much more slow-moving interactive kind of motorcade right. as well
3: similarly the other things, just like Star Tours is, is very busy during that weekend so is the Jedi Academy but they double up on the number of people that can participate in Jedi Academy instead of just having fighting with Darth Vader, they also include Ventress, which is one of the Clone Wars villains, and they double the size of the the number of Padawan learners that can play. So it's more more involvement, but you will wait longer, and you'll need to get uh, on that list much quicker.
1: Yeah, and so another tip is that if you want your child to, to participate in the Jedi Training Academy, it's no longer the case where you would walk up to the stage located just to the left of the entrance of Star Tours, you now, whether it's Star Wars weekends or not, your child needs to sign up ahead of time. And where that takes place is in the post-show area of what was Sounds Dangerous, uh, where it used to be sort of the different sound booths. Your child needs to go in, sign up from there. And I believe it's up until age 12 that your kids couldn't participate in the Jedi Training Academy. And I will tell you, that is one of the things that kids and parents love.
3: And I believe that's also the room where they're doing the carbonite freezing photos. Okay. So that is, I think that's both in that same area.
1: Yeah, and definitely the other thing too, if you, if you have any questions about where things are, uh, when things might be, there is also, and you should definitely check in with uh, guest information. Now, it, there is a separate location, which I think, again this year, will be near uh, Sounds Dangerous. That will sort of be the hub of where you can find out about all of the Star Wars uh, weekends things that are going on so getting here early getting your kids signed up early allocating again that time because you will have to wait and then the show is probably 20 minutes or so Um, going back to the motorcade very quickly one tip that I would give you too is a you especially on Saturdays and Sundays you're gonna want to get there early and do you have any sort of favorite spots that you like or you recommend for people to watch the parade
3: I always like being by the American Idol stage uh, because you can get a good seat and it's there's not much traffic in front of you and it's right at an angle where you have a good view of everything coming from both angles, both sides.
1: And it also depends on what you want to see or the photos you want to take. So one of the places I like is actually right near American Idol, which is um, if you go to the courtyard right by there, by the uh, Academy Hall of Fame where all the busts are and you stand there you'll be facing sort of a dinosaur gertie that way. That's probably one of the later places that gets filled up. For the most part, uh, I think Hollywood Boulevard fills up first, and then you'll find that people start sort of moving down that way a little bit more. Uh, so I think, obviously, you can line up maybe at the end of Hollywood Boulevard, right by the hat, because you can see the sort of the parade makes the turn there. You see, you see it front and back. Um, Near Backlot Express, which is where we're sitting now, uh, by Star Tours, here the celebrities get out of their cars and they go up on stage they, and, and talk a little bit. So if you sit here, if, actually if you get one of these seats with the umbrella, you could be in the shade, you can see the parade if you're right. tall enough, which I am not, over the people, but you can also see the celebrities when they get up on stage. Uh, and then obviously Hollywood Boulevard is another mm-hmm. great place as well too. Also, if you want to go uh, by across from American Idol on the Crescent Lake side, nice. you may be able to get a nice shot with sort of the, the sorcerer's hat behind you as well, too.
3: Nice. If you can somehow get it so that you are actually on the rope, it's one of the few parades that, because it's so many people are participating as an individual with all the details that they put on their own suit of armor or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's great to be able to see them not look over somebody's shoulder or look over a kid who's wearing a Mickey hat on top of his dad's shoulders. So if you can get up onto the rope on those, you'll have a great experience.
1: And, you know, we're talking about things like time management and lines. And look, Star Wars Weekend is a very busy time on this side of the park. Yes. And so the tip I want to give you is don't be afraid of the crowds. Don't say, well, you know, I'm going to avoid the studios. I'm not going to go because I'm afraid that the crowds are going to be very big. Again, Star Wars Weekends very much has a division in the parks. You won't see it on Sunset Boulevard at all. And as long as you manage your time accordingly, the lines are not so much so that it's like Christmas Day, that you're going to wait three hours for, for... The lines for Tower of Terror, the lines for... American Idol Experience and, right. and Disney Jr. are going to be the same as they would be any other weekend. Yes,
3: and, and as a matter of fact, if you come over on the Star Wars side, you can get on them up. It's like normal. You know, it's, you're not going to have that same, it's those special Star Wars events are going to be where the crowds are going to be. You can get around that even by walking through there. Now the one exception is the merchandise location is on the other side next to the uh, next to the rock and roller coaster. So you will have a little bit of crowds over there, but that's not gonna affect the Rock and Roller Coaster line. It just may look like it as you're getting close.
1: That's the backstage area back there, which is a place that's normally off limits. And again, obviously, the other exception too, and you alluded to this earlier, is Star Tours. Mm -hmm. Star Tours is here, it's open every single day, but on Star Wars weekends, it's it's what we come for. And obviously the lines are gonna be a little bit longer, so I would suggest trying to get a fast pass early in the day for Star Tours, because the lines will be longer during Star Wars weekends than they would be during the middle of the week.
3: And I'm willing to bet they're not going to change Star Tours one bit for the Star Wars weekends.
1: <laughs> and so maybe another tip for Star Tours is don't don't ride it during the middle of the day. Yeah. It's not an outdoor attraction. It doesn't change whether you ride it first thing of the day or for me, I like riding Star Tours at the end of the night. When everything else is done, listen, if you've seen Fantasmic or maybe it's not of interest to you, ride it during Fantasmic. Ride it at the end of the night and then when you come off and the park starts to empty out and you sort of slowly make your way out Uh, and wandering you and I are the same way we we like kind of wandering the park late at night when the crowds have for the most part left yes
3: and riding Star Tours if you haven't done it then maybe you do have to make a priority of it make sure you do get on it because it is phenomenal and you can go on it uh, 50 times and your experience changes many times throughout those journeys but it is Star Wars weekends. There's a lot of people that are going to be lining up to see that. If you've been on it many times, it might be a, this might be the trip that you'll skip it. Yeah.
1: Like, I, like I said, I would get a fast pass during the day, use that fast pass when it doesn't conflict with something else that you're doing, and then if you can, make that the last ride of the night. Yeah. Make that the last thing and look, you're not going to be alone. There's going to be other people. Who obviously, have that same uh, that same idea. And to that end, too, you know, it's going to be hot. You know, it's already, it's just early weeks in May and it's 90 plus degrees outside. Plan for the heat, plan for the humidity. Um, If you have kids, plan on doing things like taking breaks throughout the day because otherwise it could be a potentially long day. Because another tip that I would give you is try and get the most out of the day you can. So if you can, stay late. The parks are usually open late for Star Wars weekend. So even if you go back, if you have kids that need to take a nap during the middle of the day, late at night there's still a lot of stuff that's going on and the next tip that I would give you is if you need to go back and take a nap in the middle of the day or let the kids go in the pool or have lunch back at your hotel we talk about some of the things you need to see, you need to see some of those the behind the force show and the, the motorcade and obviously Star Tours but you need to stay every night <laughs> at 8pm to see the grand finale which is the hyperspace hoopla which now has been moved from the Star tour stage and I think correctly so, to the large stage in front of the Sorcerer Mickey hat at the end of Hollywood Boulevard.
3: Right. It's hysterical. Every year that does change. They have a different show every year. It's very similar in theme, but it, it is a lighter side of Disney. It's definitely light side and of, of Star Wars, and uh, it changes every year.
1: And the thing that changes is, it is a, it's a dance off. Right. It really is a dance off between the dark side and the alliance. And what's great about it is you see all of your favorite characters from the trilogies, from the Clone Wars, some Disney guys in there as well. Lots of surprises because the show changes and we're laughing. Because the music changes (laughs) every year as well, too. And it's really, really, really well done. This, for me, has always been the highlight. And last year had a very sort of rock and roll kind of theme to it. And it was, I keep saying every year, it may have been my favorite one yet.
3: Last year, I believe, was the first time we had C-3PO participate. And he did the robot. (laughs) Well worth seeing.
1: <laughs> and again, it does change. You know, the show is going to be a little bit different. Maybe the outcome is going to be a little different because there is some audience participation involved. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's for the entire family as everything is uh, here during Star Wars weekends. And it's well worth, even if you need to come late in the morning or go back and take a nap, you've got to make sure you're here at 8 p.m. every night for Hyperspace Hoopla.
3: Well, I do have a question for you, Lou. With all this talk of merchandise and things to do, we haven't really talked about food. Are there any special food items that we should know about from Star Wars weekends?
1: The Force is truly strong with you, my <laughs> my young Padawan, because there is. And again, we've talked I'm about like how eating the Sarlacc. <laughs> 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 that was not a good way for Boba Fett to go, by the yeah. way. It was, it was not a very dishonorable way. But anyway, um, you can see we nerd out every so often. But yeah, it, it is all about the food, and this is one of the things that we've talked about that's that's changed because now. There are some special Star Wars snacks in the park. Nice. We've seen in the past year or two, you'll see an R2-D2 popcorn cup. Right. They had um, some small little ice cream mugs. They had uh, a, a drink mug with a, a pop top, an R2-D2 pop top, who sits proudly on top of my bookshelf. <laughs> but now there's actually food in those buckets. So you can get an R2-D2 bucket with a kid's power pack found throughout the studios. And it has things like apple slices and sort of healthy foods that they can snack on. You can get a corn dog and chips. You can get a, a churro in a bucket. Tell me, this isn't awesome—a churro in an R2D2 bucket in Darth's Mall. You can get a chocolate milkshake in an R2D2 Stein over at Minn and Bill's Dockside Diner, located right uh, on Crescent Lake. You could also get uh, a frozen beverage like a frozen Coke or a frozen lemonade over at PV's Polar Pipeline, located right across from Minn and Bill's.
3: Nice, and they should have a, a blue chocolate milkshake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Clearly coming from the original chili, blue, uh, Luke's Blue Milk. Yeah. But something else new that they're adding, starting May 18th over at the Commissary, Backlot Express, Studio Catering, Pizza Planet, starting rolls, all the counter service restaurants, there's a new Darth Vader cupcake. And it looks like it's it's an edible Vader. <laughs>
3: that's, that's perfect. <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to have mine. Um, the other thing, too, is... If you are a Star Wars fan, you know, we're, we, again, we, we talk and we laugh and we, about geeking out. It's okay. And Disney does allow, if you want to come dressed up as your favorite Star Wars character or a Star Wars character you've made up, I believe as long as your face isn't covered with a mask, mm-hmm. you can come dressed up. There, there is no sort of um, uh, restriction on you coming dressed up. You don't have to register in advance because this is very much a fan community type of gathering event, and you'll see little groups of fans and friends start to form based on that, oh, look, she's dressed up as a Padawan. You know, there's people we see every year that come dressed up as Star Wars characters.
3: Well, certainly be comfortable, though, because it is May and June, and it's probably not going to get below uh, 85 degrees, so make sure that you're comfortable the whole time as well.
1: Another tip I would give you, too, talking about food and dining is... I would also make sure you make advanced dining reservations. If you want to do sit-down restaurants, make your advanced dining reservations as early as possible.
3: Right. You know, Every time we go to, you try to walk up, you may get lucky and you might be able to get in, but if it's too crowded that day, you're going to have a hard time. So get your food reservations in ahead of time.
1: All right, so Glenn, obviously there's there's a lot going on, which is a great thing, because again, this is what makes Disney World great, is that With events like this, it becomes another reason to come down. It becomes another destination event that's not about the other things that are going on. It's another reason to come down here. So do you have any sort of either final tip or best sort of piece of advice to share for people as they start getting ready to come down or thinking about coming down for Star Wars weekend? I
3: I guess the the best tip is, is is something to do right now because you have some time before it opens up. Right now is a good time to uh, take out that Clone Wars DVD and start catching up on that or or experiencing it for the first time, maybe even revisiting that original trilogy, something that will get you in that Star Wars mood and will make your uh, your whole experience a lot richer when you get here.
1: And I think to that point, the nice thing about Star Wars Weekends is, especially if you have kids, it's a great thing that you guys can do together because we who are the generation that grew up as nine-year-old kids amazed when that Star Destroyer came across the screen for the first time for Star Wars. We can share this experience now with our kids. If you have a six-year-old boy that's just getting into, you know, the Clone Wars or plays Star Wars Lego at home, whatever it might be, it's something that you can grasp onto together. So watching the movies together and having fun, building a lightsaber here, there's a lot of stuff that you can do together, or if even just watching your kid up on stage for Jedi training academy, um, so I think it's a great point.
3: Yeah, and you take a look at some who's going to be here that weekend, and you could even say to your child, hey, would you like to meet that person, and then when you come down here a few weeks later, there
1: they are. And for a lot of us, it's an introduction to new characters, and look, we've been coming to Star Wars weekends for years, and you know, sort of going back to even 2000. The lineup of celebrities has changed. I remember when Kenny Baker, who was 2 D. 2 and Peter Mayhew used to be here. Carrie Fisher was here one year. Uh, Anthony Daniels was here very early on. Was here again last year. So that was neat for me to see some of the people that I grew up. Those were the the, the faces on the screen for me. The new kids, the, the new the new uh, kids were getting introduced to it. They're sort of connecting to the people that. These are their, they're sort of the Star Wars characters for them.
3: Yes, and and they, if you haven't seen the Clone Wars, I have a, a soft spot in it because it's obvious that this is done by a Star Wars fan of our age. Actually, somebody that loved that original Star Wars experience, and they work really hard in that series to recreate some of that—not necessarily the magic—but they they grab a hold of that every world is very unique you know where you're Star Wars you had your ice planet and you had your forestry planet or Coruscant is the big city planet so the Clone Wars is filled with that sort of great detail a lot of fun in that way so you'll enjoy it as well
1: look like the Disney movies and the the Disney parks lets those experiences come to life that's what Star Wars weekend does does it's always done for me it's brought my Star Wars fandom to an immersive 3D environment that you can be interactive part of and for me getting to sort of see some of those characters up close although I'm not here for the celebrity autographs that was always fun for me and I will tell you that in all those years growing up I was fascinated by you know look everybody loves Han Solo but there was always one character there was always one person that I think he's a character that literally changed cinematic history forever sort of that that penultimate villain of Darth Vader. And as a kid, you were scared of and you were intrigued by Darth Vader. And I will tell you, this is my tease as, I, as we start to wrap this segment up, that it took me 35 years, <laughs> but as a special treat for this pre-Star Wars weekend's tips and tricks segment with Glenn Whalen from PrettyGoodMovieRide.com. Look, you love the great movie ride. You have to see Glenn's recreated version of the Q movie, the original movie, and his version of the Pretty Good Movie Ride at prettygoodmovieride.com and Googling G O O G L I N W D W, where you've done the same thing with Soren.
3: Right, correct. That, that was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm always doing something like that, so.
1: <laughs> well, I am still the seven year old kid trapped in a 43 year old body. And as we got ready for Star Wars weekends, I started to say I finally had the opportunity to talk to. And meet and shake the very, very large and ominous hands of... Yoda? Yes, <laughs> Yoda of no. Oh. And this is my treat to you guys. Is I had was able to sit down and get an exclusive interview with Darth Vader. <gasps> I sat down with David Prowse. He was the man behind the mask in the original trilogy, so as you get ready for Star Wars Weekends, I want to share that interview with you now. We're going to be here throughout Star Wars Weekends. Stay tuned to the website and Twitter and the events page. over are at www.radio.com. We're going to do a Meet of the Month during Star Wars Weekends. For Star Wars Weekends, I may be in Jedi robes and or Ewok costume. I'm not really sure yet, but Glenn, thank you for joining me. Thank you guys. I hope you guys make it down and experience Star Wars Weekends, and for now, here's my interview with the man who will always be Darth Vader. <laughs> you need know, Claridan or something to no. get a little. Like, uh, I'm wheezing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. If you only knew the power of the dark side. I find your lack of faith disturbing.
2: I am your father.
1: So I now have the pleasure and the privilege of sitting next to someone who admittedly scared the bejesus of me out of me as a child, uh, because in 1977 when I went with my dad and I saw Darth Vader enter the, uh, the ship at the beginning of Star Wars Episode Four, it literally changed my life forever and you know to be able to sit here now with the man who was and forever shall always be known as Darth Vader uh, it really is a joy to be sitting with Mr. David Prowse. David thank you for uh, coming on WW Radio.
0: Thank you. Thank think it was very nice to be invited yes.
1: Like I said this is uh, this is you know I'm a fan first uh, going back again to 77 um, you know I had all 12 action figures before they were out and you know, my brother and I grew up uh, on Star Wars. And, you know, there's so much I- I'd love to ask you about because, as much as it changed so many young kids and even today young kids' lives, it had to have changed your life forever exactly. as well. Sure. Yes, exactly. Tell us briefly, how did it come to be that, that you were and always will be Darth Vader?
0: Well, I was, I was very fortunate in as much that in 1970 I did a, I did a very famous film, um, Stanley Kubrick's Clockwork Orange. And George. Um, saw it. it. It came out very, very briefly in, in late 70, 71, I think it was 71 and um, and it got taken off the circuit very quickly because there was there was too much sex and violence in it and and, and Stanley started getting all these death threats in the, and so he took it off the circuit but fortunately for me, in the brief period that it was out, George Lucas saw it and then six, five years later he came over to London, set himself up in the 20th Century Fox offices in central London and um Said to the managing director there, he said, "Do me a favor." He said, "Can you find me this guy, Dave Prowse?" And uh, he said, "What is?" That? I said, "Has luck, like, what have it?" He said, "He's a personal friend. I know him quite well. You know, I'll bring him in for you." So I went in, met, met up with George, and George took me into a sort of quite a large room and showed me all these conceptual drawings. And he said, "I'm doing this film called Star Wars," and uh, he said, "He said there's 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 um, two parts I'm in the sure film that saying. I'd like you to consider." And I said, well, I said, what are the two parts? And he said, well, the first one's a character called Chewbacca. And I said, what's that? He said, he says, like a hairy gorilla that goes through the film on the side of the goodies, like, you know. And I thought, oh, God, no. You know, I, I, all I could think of was three months in the gorilla skin, like, you know, and the hot and the, sw- the sweat and everything else, you know. And I said, no, George, I said, you can keep that one. I said, well, I said what's the other part? And he said, well, that, the other part's the big villain of the film, a character called Darth Vader, you see. I said, well, don't say anymore. <laughs> um, I'll have the villains part thank you very much and uh, he said well tell me for why why have you why have you why, why have you plumped for the villain I said well you think back on all the movies that you've ever seen where there are goodies and baddies I said you always remember the bad guy you don't necessarily remember the goodies in the, play, in the cinema like you know, in, the, in the film and he said, Dave, he said, I think you've made a very wise decision. He said, because nobody will ever forget Darth Vader. And, he, and here we are, 30, what, 35 years later, <laughs> chasing around the world on the back of Darth Azur. You know, it's, 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 it's absolutely phenomenal. You know, I, mean, I, I travel all over the world, and I, I, I meet a wonderful crowd of people every, everywhere I go. And they're all thrilled to bits to see me, which is nice. And, uh, and, and the other thing it's, it's done is it's, it's enabled me to do... All sorts of other things, like you know, like charity work and things like this, you know, because you know I've become, I've become like an iconic figure, you know, and and you know I've 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 met the Queen and I've I've met President Reagan and I've <laughs> met I've lots of lots of famous people who've you know have asked me to get involved in charities. At the moment, I'm I'm, I'm launching a new uh, a, a new initiative for prostate and breast cancer in Great Britain, and uh, all my pictures are all going to be over all the buses. And in the bus shelters, and in one of the biggest uh, chains of the stores in Great Britain. So, um, and then I just, I just now just launched a, a road safety campaign for young drivers. Then all that, and it's uh, it's, it's it's really ex- exciting things, you know, which uh, have come my way through being Darth Vader. Yeah.
1: Right, so you didn't wear the gorilla suit, but you wore the big black suit. And uh, did so? Did you know ahead of time what this character was? Because again, Star Wars and the characters were something that we, as, as moviegoers, had never seen before.
0: No, well, I mean, I'd never seen it myself, you know. I, I mean, I'd, I'd done a few monster movies and things like for Hammer and things like this, you know. Um, but I'd never seen anything, like, just so futuristic as Star Wars. Because, I mean, we, you know, when we you go into the studios, and uh, or you, you go onto on the set where you were working, and you see all these sort of funny, funny creatures, you know, with, with funny masks and things like wandering around and... Uh, and, and sort of buggies and things like this, you know, sort of moving everywhere, and uh, you think yourself, so what in the hell is all this? You know, what's it all about? Like you know, and I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I think I think most. Well, I think I think lots of the people that were working on it really thought it was never going to see the light of day. I thought, you know, I really thought to be honest, I thought I really thought we were doing a load of rubbish, you know. And uh, but I mean, it wasn't until. You know, we we f- we finished filming. The, the problem was, was there, nothing was ever ready. I don't th- think they were really geared up mm. to, to do a, a, a huge movie like it you know, like it became. And um, as I said, the sets were never ready. You know, the, uh, um, sort of actors and actresses didn't know their lines and things like this. And it was a it was it was a, it was a real strange strange situation. And uh, uh, you know, and it was the thing was is that, you know, I d- I did the voice of Vader all the way through. But, of course, everything I was saying was coming through the mask, you see, which was obviously muffled and was no good. And I automatically thought that I was going to go into the sound studios and re-record all the dialogue at the end, you know, when they finished the film. And, uh, but then, of course, they, what happened was that they chased back to America because they couldn't get all the special effects that they wanted in England. And when they were in America, they decided to um, get the very best. It was, well, they had a choice. It was either, either flying me out from London to Hollywood And and me doing the dialogue and and possibly not being right, (laughs) or alternatively, get the best ever voice that you can find, which is James Earl Jones, of course. Um, and and um, And that's obviously what they did. And, I mean, I didn't know anything about it until um, the film came out in America and we got all this publicity coming over saying what a fantastic movie it was and how the you know, people were queuing around the, you know, queuing around the blocks for weeks on end and going into the cinema and staying in there for days on end, as it were, you know, seeing the film ten times over. And um, what happened with me is I, I, I got a cable, out of the blue, I got a cable from Russ Meyer. Do you remember Russ no, Meyer? Sure. I mean, he was a great friend of mine. I did, I did a film with him in, uh, in Barbados called Black Snake terrible movie but it was a great fun it was great fun to work with him and we became great friends and it said, it said congratulations Dave you're in the biggest movie of all time by the way did you know they've overdubbed your voice and that was the first I knew yeah, yeah. really oh, so you yeah, didn't
1: even yeah. know before the film
0: no. would come out no not at all no no no, no. And, nobody, and really nobody's ever spoken to me about it nobody's ever said look sorry Dave you know, we, we, you know, but this is what we did it's, uh, yeah said, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm left with everybody surmising <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 they, that that my voice wasn't sufficiently interesting enough or or maybe I had the wrong possibly possibly the wrong accent, mm. you know. I think, I, think you know, I have I have what they call a distinct West Country accent in, in and and you tend to overpronounce ers and ours. You <laughs> and I think they thought well they can't have go to rah, my dear. i win mean, with me lightsaber now, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> so, but no, but James James or James did a wonderful job, and, and I'm I, I had the pleasure of meeting up with him just a couple of weeks ago. He was oh. uh, he was filming he was working in London doing a play in London. Uh, and uh, his son got in touch with me and said, you know, James would very much like to meet you. Mm-hmm. And so I went to see the Matinee play. I meant to see the Matinee in the afternoon. And then in between in between the evening show and the Matinee and the evening nice. show, um, we went to James's dressing room and had a really nice chat. And, and that was the son.
1: first time? First time, first time we'd ever met. First
0: time we'd ever met. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's funny you said that because, you know, you think about Star Wars and you wonder if when they're on the set, people start to realize, "And hey, we're, we're doing something special here and everybody seems to say the same thing like no we just it was something so new it was this you know little uh cowboy movie in, in outer space and it's not until the fans start seeing that did you realize
0: well it wasn't until i just said uh, it was i i think it, i think when, when when we got to the second movie when when we you know got got ready to do empire i, I think we then knew that we we were into something big i mean you know there's I mean there's well, I mean, so, I mean, you know, Star Wars obviously um, came out, but I don't, I don't, I don't think it had a, a fantastic impact, not when it came out. But, it, but it, it, it sort of developed slowly and got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, of course, everybody then was waiting for Empire. And then, of course, Empire was a fantastic success as well. It was my, one of my favorites, actually, the Empire. And, um, and then, of course, Empire was, was, was that brilliant. And then, then, of course, we had the third one. Which was not not a very good movie for me. I I, I think well I, I we had Richard Marquand was the director and didn't, never spoke to me one word all the way through the movie. Yeah yeah, and, and, and I, I don't know why I'm got a clue. You were very intimidating. That's why. Uh, yeah probably yeah yeah yeah. I, I got I got out of them a very tight fix actually at one stage because they were doing they were doing the scene where the um, emperor was being thrown off the balcony, and they they, they brought my stunt man in who was a, was a tall skinny guy like but he was a good fencer. He was he was a former British fencing coach Bob Anderson. And uh, they brought him in, and uh, I saw them dressing him up. And you know, I said, well, you know, what, what's, uh, what are they dressing Bob up for? And they said, oh, he's doing the bit where they, he throws the emperor off the balcony. I said, well, he, he, I said, hey, he, he'd never do that. There's no way to do it. He said, oh, no, they're, they're doing it. They're rigging it so they can do it. So they brought in the seesaw. And, and it was like, it was like where, you know, the, the, you, you, you got, it's like an acrobatic act, you know, where you have a, the, the one man, the one man stands on the bottom <laughs> and, and somebody jumps, somebody stands on the ladder up here and jumps onto the top. And the man on the bottom flies up in the air and gets, gets caught, gets caught by somebody. Well, I watched them do this for a whole week, trying to trying to get this stunt and, uh, and they, they couldn't do it. And then, then, then they tried to do it on wires and they still couldn't get it right. And then eventually, at the end of the week, I, I, I went to and I said, I said, excuse me. I said, just what are you trying to do? And they said, well, you know, we're, we've got to get the emperor thrown off the balcony. I said, well, it's easy. He said, what do you mean? Easy. I said, well, I'll, I'll just pick him up, lift him above me up, and I throw him across. He said, could you do that? And I said, well, I won the British heavyweight weightlifting champion for nothing. And he said, all right, we'll do it first thing on Monday morning. So I went in on Monday morning. We did it in one take. Yeah, yeah. I thought, you should have spoken to me earlier. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> And so, speaking quickly about Empire, um, you know, it's one of those few films that arguably, to some people, was better than the first. And certainly, uh, none of us saw it coming. Uh, you know the the audible gasps in the audience when yeah. I, am "I am your father" is, father. is spoken. I know. Um, you know, legend has it that very few people, other than maybe you, knew. No, I didn't know.
0: No, no, I didn't know. I didn't know any of that at all. That was all because that was all that kept, didn't. You know, I mean, they gave me obviously. I got false dialogue. You know, when we were filming. I can't. I can't remember what I was saying. I, I think. I, I think it was like, "Come, come, come and join me together. We will rule the empire." You know, but there was nothing like you know, as, with, as father and son. That, that all came in when James Earl Jones did the overdubbing. Yeah.
1: Oh, so you didn't even know as you were on? No,
0: no. Well, the f- strange thing was, is you is, is, it, is it, when we did when we did Star Wars, we had a, we had a script. So we, so basically, you, you, can re, you read the script and you knew basically what the story was and what was going to happen and so on and so forth. But when they came to do Empire, they got absolutely paranoid about secrecy. And, um, and so what they used to do, they, they, there, there was no scripts, no scripts at all. And what they used to do is they used to send you your pages, um, courier them down on a motorbike um, the night before you were filming, and you had to learn your lines over, overnight. and then And then take your pages back to the studio with you in the morning and hand them back into the studio sign them in they were so it was really it was so 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 tight security wise like you know and um, so as i said so you know i had no idea of, of anything that was happening in the movie all, all the way through because I said, all i ever got was you know sort of one page here and one page there so and the same thing happened on on jedi as well exactly the same thing
1: and it's it's got to be fascinating to you that you think that you do this trilogy of movies and now here we are talking uh, you know nearly 40 years later and Star Wars is as popular now with multiple generations. I raised my kids the right way. I raised them on the original trilogy and then eventually <laughs> eventually brought them to the other ones, but Clone Wars, an animated series and live and all the rumors of what is continuing to come, you know there's there has been, and I don't think there ever will be, a franchise like this with such longevity. No. No, no you're right. What do you think it is about Star Wars that transcends Decades and, and generations of fans.
0: Um, uh, well, I think it's got everything, hasn't it? It's got, it's, it's got, you know, you've got sort of fantastic sets. You've got, you've got really, really, a g- really good story, uh, which everybody can can sort of sort of li- work to and, and sort of live with, as it were. Um, I think you've got some some sort of very interesting actors and actresses came into the, came into the movie. I mean you know Mark Mark was lovely and Harrison was nice Carrie was lovely Billy D. Williams was nice uh, Alec Guinness was a pleasure to work with Peter Cushing was nice all the, all these people they there you know it was really really nice it was really you know really nice sort of bunch of people to work with um, but I think I think the main thing was as I said it was all it was it was all this all, all this sort of space stuff it was all all you know it was it was all it was all new we'd never seen anything like it before like I you don't know and I mean, apart from, you know, apart from you know, seeing sort of, you know, the rocking going off to the moon every so often and things like that, you know, that's, that's as far as you ever got, you know. Sure. And, uh, no, I think this, this opened, really, basically opened space, you know, space travel to the, to the world, yeah.
1: And now, again, 30-some-odd years later, you're doing events like Megacon. You've been to Walt Disney World at Star Wars Weekends, again, where Disney has been able to sort of turn this, this marriage of Lucas and Disney into a destination type of event. What's it like for you when fans like me who are <clears throat> in their 40s and other ones who are six years old come up to you, sort of agape that they're meeting Darth Vader?
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm just excited by it. I, I really am. I, I, I love the recognition and I, I, and I love everything um, that it's enabled me to do. I mean, I, I loved the Star Wars you know, when I was doing them. you know, I, I really enjoyed them. I had great, great fun. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I will tell you—you um, know—you you sort of can't o- overstate the importance of what you've done, and again, the the impact you've had on people's lives. Again, good choice in taking the uh, the black plastic suit over the <laughs> over the uh, gorilla suit. Um, and again, David Prowse, you will forever be Darth Vader. This has been a huge thrill for me. My six-year-old son is me very, very jealous. I think my, my 35-year-old brother is going to be equally as jealous.
0: Take a photograph away from him yeah, for me. I would love give to. Give thank
1: it. you very much, and I'll uh, yeah, yeah. and I'll link on my website to your personal site so I can find out more about your charity work. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. If I find out when well, I'm find out when I'm going to get back to Disney Disney World and and the uh, celebration shows. We'd love to see you out there again, Dave. Yeah, thanks so much. You. I'd love to be there. Yeah.
1: It's time to announce the winner of last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Contest. As you know, every week I either ask you a trivia question or history question about Walt Disney World, maybe play a sound clip or give you a line from an attraction or show, ask you to answer and identify it for a chance to win a Walt Disney World prize package. Last week we were talking about resorts and not just looking ahead with things like art of animation, things that are coming to Walt Disney World, but looking back in time. When I asked you a simple question, which was, What was the original name of Disney's Port Orleans Riverside Resort? And again, you all knocked it out of the park again and identified it as Disney's Dixie Landing Resort. Just a quick little bit of history. That opened in sort of a number of different phases back on February 2nd, 1992, when Alligator Bayou opened. Then Magnolia Bend followed answer. It was located right next to what was known at the time as its sister resort, Port Orleans, obviously themed towards the French Quarter in New Orleans. But Dixie Landing, and now Port Orleans Riverside, had more of that rural bayou kind of feel to it. A lot of live oaks and Spanish moss, very much sort of like the Old South. On March 1st, 2001, it was renamed Disney's Port Orleans Riverside. It merged with the original Port Orleans, which was now called Disney's Port Orleans French Quarter. Again, congratulations to all of you who got that. And the winner, who we randomly selected from all the correct entries, is... Greg Thomas. So, Greg, congratulations. Please send me your address. I'll get your prize package out, which includes all six of my audio walking tours of Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom on CD, a limited edition, five-year WDW Radio anniversary pin, and a signed copy of Kingdom Keepers 5 by Ridley Pearson. Like I said, I'll get that package out to you right away. And again, so many of you, over 500 of you entered. Pretty much all of you got that answer correct. Thank you so much for playing. Really appreciate you taking the time and sending that in. If you didn't win, that's okay because this week I have another question for you and it's because we're talking about Star Wars Weekends and Darth Vader, it's going to be Star Wars Weekends related. But you don't need to be a Star Wars geek or have ever even attended to play or win because this week's question is very simple. What year was the very first Star Wars Weekends event over at, well, Disney MGM Studios? Email your answers to contest at wdwradio.com by 11.59 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, May 13th. And this week, I'm going to draw a random winner from all the correct entries for a special prize package. Not CDs, not pins, but some surprise Star Wars merchandise out of my personal collection. Not sort of old, loose figures, but things that you're going to find in sort of mint in box. And a new piece ...of Disney Star Wars mashup merchandise as well. I'm feeling very geeky, very excited, very generous today as well. So you're going to get some surprise vintage merchandise, something new... ...Disney Star Wars mashup merchandise from the parks as well. Again, email your answers to contest at wdwradio.com by Sunday at 11.59pm. Good luck, and of course, may the Force be with you. Always. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Thanks also to Glenn Whelan and, of course, David Prowse, the man behind The Mask of Darth Vader. Really excited about Star Wars Weekends coming up in just a couple weeks over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Hope to see you guys there as well. Speaking of which, the next meet of the month is going to be during Star Wars Weekends. We're going to kick it off on the opening weekend, Saturday, May 19th. Our meet of the month is going to be from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. And we're going to meet over at the Backlot Express, the counter service dining location located just to the left of Star Tours. We're going to meet inside, of course, (laughs) upstairs in the area closest to the Jedi Training Academy stage. Come by, meet, grab something to eat, enjoy the air conditioning. And maybe if possible, we could all grab some fast passes early in the day. Maybe get a chance to ride Star Tours after the meet uh, thereafter. Gonna try and get there a little bit early. Get some seats for everybody. Should be a lot of fun. Please come by, say hi, bring the whole family. No need to RSVP, of course. If getting it, if you want to, I'm gonna set up a Facebook event page as well. I'll link to it in this week's show notes. And if you come to the meet, dressed in Star Wars regalia, garb, costume, whatever it may be, I'm also gonna give you a free Disney Star Wars gift. Quantities are limited, first come first serve. So it should be uh, a lot of fun. I may be in Jedi robe or Ewok costume. I haven't quite figured it out as well. But again, Saturday, uh, May 19th, 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. over at the Backlot Express, kicking off the first weekend of Star Wars Weekends. Really, really excited. Hope you guys could join us there.
0: We would be honored
1: if you would join us. A couple of quick reminders. Don't forget, come by, visit the website over at www.radio.com there you can not only access the show but the blog lots of great contributors for multiple daily blog posts come by voting is now open by the way for the our home went disney contest until sunday may 13th lots more going on there of course join our free friendly discussion forums as well if you want to be heard on the air call the voicemail line 407 900 9391 it's 407 900 wdw1 and please come by visit us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern over at WDWRadioLive.com. Each week, I do a live video broadcast and chat often right from Walt Disney World. Your chance to come by, talk about this week's Walt Disney World news, ask and answer questions. I leave you guys always with a question of the week as well, and then we usually hang out Get to chat a little bit more about Disney, sometimes even just wander the parks. If you can't make it live, I'll put the audio on the iTunes feed. Please come by and subscribe in iTunes, and I'll put the video on the WDWRadio.com blog as well. Quick congratulations to everybody who participated in the Expedition Everest Challenge this past weekend and defeated the Yeti. Congratulations also, and thanks to everybody on the WDW Radio running team for all that you guys do to help benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. If you want to join the running team, it's easy, it's fun, be part of the team, help make a wish. Visit www.radio.com running. Quick thanks to my partners and sponsors, Mouse Fan Travel, my recommended travel provider, whether you're going to Disney World, Disneyland, it's who I'm using for my trip out to Disneyland this summer. Visit them for a free, no obligation quote, best possible prices, great level of service, all at no additional cost to you. That's the important thing. Becky and her team do a great job over at mousefantravel.com. And when you're coming to Walt Disney World, AllStarVacationHomes.com has everything from two-bedroom condos up to seven-bedroom homes. You can bring the whole family. There's private pools, spas, kitchen, game rooms, lots more. And if you want to stay right in the heart of Walt Disney World, the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin over at swananddolphin.com has the most incredible, comfortable, heavenly beds, the Mandara Spa. I love going over there to eat at places like Shula's, Kimono's, Blue Zoo, and lots more. You can visit them at swananddolphin.com. Also, don't forget... Visit celebrationspress.com. The latest issue of Celebrations magazine is now out. You can also check out the digital version available to download for free. You can purchase individual issues or subscribe. Easy link to that is visiting wdwradio.com slash celebrations. It'll take you right to the iTunes store. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, I hope to see you guys at a meet of the month or on the cruise on the dream in November, wherever it may be in the parks. If you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links on Facebook or Google Plus, other discussion forums, wherever it may be. And please also come by, rate and review the show over on iTunes. Very, very much appreciated. And most importantly, always remember that every day is filled with new opportunities. So go out there, hustle, do what you love each and every day. And when you do, always keep moving forward. Walt was right. So until next time, I hope you guys have an amazing week this week. See
2: ya. Mangello. This is Garrett Garrison from Conway, Arkansas. A.R. Garrett on the blog. Just wanted to call in from the Beaches and green uh, soda shop over here. Just wanted to say thank you so much for the recommendation on the No Way Jose. And uh, we're staying at the All-Star Resorts as well. And I just can't tell you how awesome this vacation has been. I just thank you for what you do all of us listeners out in the box out here, and uh, just keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Love the show. Talk to you soon, Lou. God bless. Hey, Lou. Gary from Columbus calling. And I just wanted to tell you, just listening to your most recent show, Casey Jones was a great guest. I hope he becomes a regular. He just has lots of good uh, information and nuggets there. Um, My main reason I'm calling, though, is I am calling you out. Senator Mangiello, you dodged a question. He asked you what your favorite restaurant was, and you you dodged it. And so I want to know, no spin, no equivocation, what is your number one restaurant? Inquiring minds want to know. Take care, Lou. Hey, Lou. It's Jamie from Chicago giving you a call. It's um, Sunday the 6th. Of May. Um, just wanted to call in real quick, me and Kayla. She's over here laughing. Um, and just say how excited we are that in less than two weeks we're going to be down there at Walt Disney World on our, um, WDW radio trip. We're so excited. We've got everything booked, all of our dining. Um, I've got a special surprise for Kayla booked. And we're just looking forward to staying down there at, uh, Port Orleans French Quarter and just taking our time and enjoying the park throughout the six nights that we're going to be there. I'm hoping to catch a couple special things like Yeehaw Bob, um, we might go for Peaches and Cream and try a uh, kitchen sink. And of course, hopefully, um, we might be able to catch up with you for a newscast, hopefully from the park. That would be great. And I'm just, again, looking forward to meeting you. Um, I'll email you and we can uh, set up our little meeting date. Don't forget, we got a ride on Gumbo or uh, I think it was a Dolewood planned. All right. But anyways, Lou, um, just been catching up on the past couple shows. They've been great. And um, just looking forward to the next couple weeks so I can get my Disney fix. I'm actually there. Um, just want to say Becky and Ann have been great with MEI, um, helping me with the trip and everything. And I just love both. But I'll see her on the WDW radio cruise in November. So that's the next thing I got to plan. But anyways, um, I just wanted to call in and say hi, and just say we're so excited, and just counting down the days. Gonna dig out the suitcases. I think uh, another day or so, and just start packing and getting all the extra necessities we need for the cameras and video camera and all that kind of fun stuff. So I am gonna let you go. I hope you have a great week, and um, I'll talk to you soon. Say bye, Kay. All right, she's laughing. All right, we'll talk to you soon, Lou. Bye. Bye. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. The Force will be with you always.